o'clock, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494 on, and I'll say it, the last true football Friday night of the season. The Super Bowl is different. The Super Bowl is just a whole different thing. This is the last one where it feels like a Sunday football game, and we have it at the link, the Eagles and the Niners. I, you know, all week long I've been getting excited and just kind of pumped up for this. Like, this this is just a different level of football, a different level of excited that I've been in a long time for an Eagles game. Like, this this feels like a heavyweight battle on Sunday at the link. And, and let me just tell you where, where I've been throughout the week. And we got a big show planned. We got explicit history, Eagles, Niners, great guests later on, NFL picks, all that. And, and I'll rank the 10 best players in this game. And it was really hard to rank these. But I want to start with, I mean, I, I always think on a Friday night, you have a gut feeling on the game. And last last week I sat here and my gut feeling was they're going to win the game by double digits. They're going to run the Giants out of the building and they're going to win that game. And I didn't think it would be particularly close. And then we went into this week and we watched the Niners play the Cowboys on Sunday. And all week I felt like, boy, this is a tough game. Boy, this is a tough game. And I, and I believe the Eagles, you know, I, I haven't had a moment where I've thought the Eagles are going to lose this game. But I have acknowledged in my head that this is a toss-up game. Like, toss-up games can go either way. There's a reason why this game is hovering around two and a half points on the spread. There's nobody this weekend that if they win, it's like, wow, what a crazy upset. That's that would make, that's what makes this particular two you know pair of games so intriguing, that you have four teams so evenly matched, now each, you know, each team two wins away from a Super Bowl championship. But the more I've thought about this game over the week, the more I've thought about the Eagles and the Niners and this particular weekend and this particular game at this particular stadium in front of us, in front of everyone that will be at the link, I just keep coming back to this, and I can't get it out of my head. Brock Purdy is not walking into Lincoln Financial Field and walking out with the NFC Championship. I, he's not. I, I, that's, I, I can't get off that. I haven't got it off at all week. The Eagles have two significant advantages. And the Niners have some. I'm not saying they don't have any. They have really good players and a really good coaching staff. But the Eagles have two significant advantages that I believe will lead to a celebration here in this city on Sunday night at about 6.15. Number one, the quarterback advantage. They have it. And in the NFL, that is the most important advantage to have. And they don't just have it. They have it by a lot. Jalen Hurts is a lot better than Brock Purdy. And they have it with home field advantage. And you know what? Sometimes, and I think as the years have gone on, the importance of home field, you look at it with winning percentages, with you know teams that cover or don't cover the spread, it has been mitigated over the years. Home field is not what it was 20 or 30 years ago. Those are facts. It's, it's just not. But in this particular case, I do think it's going to make a difference. I do think it's going to make a difference for a rookie quarterback that has never ever played in an arena like this, in a moment like this. Number one, the moment, the NFC Championship game. But number two, a stadium this loud. Brock Purdy has no idea what he's about to face on Sunday. None. And there's no way to simulate that. They can't simulate it in practice. They can't make him feel that. Number one, the crowd noise. Two, the atmosphere. And three, the pressure uh, bearing down on him with this pass rush. He's never experienced anything like this in his football life. You go back to his days in college. He was 21 and 4 at home, 10 and 13 on the road or neutral site. You look at the NFL so far at Brock Purdy. He has had a very cushy start to his career with six of his eight games at home. One of them in Las Vegas, which is basically just a, you know, any fan base could just take it over for a day because they don't really have a fan base in Las in Las Vegas. Okay, and the other one was in Seattle. That that's I would say his biggest challenge so far. 
but it's not the Seattle team of 7, 10 years ago where they were a great team. So Brock Purdy has no idea what he's getting himself into. 215-592-9494. My gut feeling, and I'll give you a score in a couple minutes here, but my gut feeling is the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl and we're going to have a win here in the fourth quarter by a field goal. That's my gut feeling on this Friday night. The Eagles' advantages with the quarterback, the Eagles' advantages with the home field will, will win the day in what could be the most physical game of the NFL season. But like these things are just sticking out to me as I, as I kind of get ramped up for this game. The quarterback factor. Jalen Hurts is ready for this moment. He is ready. And I believe Jalen Hurts is ready to change his story. Jalen Hurts has played in a lot of big games, a lot of big stages. But, but here's also the reality of Jalen Hurts. He's lost most of these big games on most of these big stages. He has. And I think Jalen Hurts is ready from a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint, to change it. It feels like Jalen Hurts is ready to take the next step. He's taken so many steps already. But it feels to me, and I believe Jalen Hurts is ready to take the next step towards true winner status. Not just you know, leader status, and you can win with him, but the, the full label of, that guy's a winner. That guy's a champion. I believe he's ready. I believe Brock Purdy is not ready for this moment. I don't believe Brock, Brock Purdy's coming in here and is going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And then, you know, all week long I keep hearing the Eagles and Niners, Eagles and Niners, even rosters, even rosters. It's not really that different except quarterback. Well, you know, I was going through my list today, and, and I, I'll, I'll give you my ranking coming up in a little bit, of the 10 best players in this game. I'll spoil it a little bit. There are more Eagles than 49ers on my list. I'm not saying there are no Niners. They have a really, really talented team. But there are more Eagles than 49ers on my list. And I went back and I looked. At the end of the season, ESPN ranked the top 100 players in the NFL this season. There were 19 Eagles and Niners on that list. 19 out of the top 100 players in the NFL were Eagles. You know what the breakdown was when I counted it? I went through it. I counted my Eagles. I counted my Niners. And it was 12-7 to Eagles. All this has been made. Two most talented teams in the NFC. Two best rosters in the NFC. Yes, they're both really, really good rosters. The Eagles are a better roster. The Eagles have more good players than the 49ers. The 49ers have five or six outrageously great ones, but the Eagles have more good players. This is the best roster in the NFL. And it's time that we stop worrying about another good team. You know why? Because this, this week will be against a good team, and two weeks from now in Arizona is going to be against a really good team. They're all good teams at this point. It's why they are in this spot. But the Eagles have shown with Jalen Hurts on the field this year, when you combine their coaching, their roster, their quarterback, they've lost one time. And in that game, they had four turnovers. They, I mean, this team with a healthy Jalen Hurts it was, is this close to being undefeated. It is time we acknowledge and appreciate and, and just accept we're watching a great team here. And I believe in this great team Coming through on Sunday, 215-592-9494. And, and the last reason I do believe the Eagles are going to win this game, my gut feeling is we're going to get a three-point win on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field, is, is the biggest advantage other than home field and the quarterback, but the biggest unit that I think the Eagles just can't be stopped with, an, an unstoppable unit they have right now, and that is their pass rush. The Eagles have a championship pass rush. They have a quarterback who I believe is ready to be a championship quarterback. They have a coaching staff who has done a better job than a lot of us gave them credit for or ever thought they could. They have home field. They're going up against Brock Purdy. And they have a pass rush that has generated 75 sacks. 75 sacks in 18 games. 
This pass rush cannot be stopped. It's going to get to Brock Purdy. And we'll end with this. You know, sometimes luck, sometimes, you know, good fortune plays a role in who wins a championship. And five years ago, the Eagles overcame. The story of the Eagles five years ago was injuries in a bad way. They overcame all those injuries with roster depth to win a championship. And you know what the story is heading into this game? It's once again injuries, but it's the opposite. Call it luck. Call it by design because the way they practice and rest these guys. Call it whatever you want. Avante Maddox has no injury designation on the injury report today. You know what that means? Avante Maddox is playing on Sunday. The Eagles have 22 of 22 starters. The best team in the NFL from the start of the season to the end of the season has all their starters. Nobody's hurt. Everybody's out there. You can't ask for anything more when you add in home field, the quarterback advantage. The Eagles are, my gut's telling me right now, the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl 27-24. That's the number in my head, 215-592-9494. Tucker, what's your gut telling you? Two days out, Eagles-Niners, what are you feeling? My gut's telling me the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be headed to Arizona in about a week's time. I look at this game, and even though the 49ers certainly deserve to be here. They haven't lost a game since October 23rd, and to put that into perspective, that was the day Bryce Harper hit a home run and sent the Phillies to the World Series. It's been a while mm. since they've been on the wrong side of the ledger, but when I look at everything in totality, I think it comes down, and the biggest mismatch in this game is the disparity at the quarterback position. It's Jalen Hurts against Brock Purdy, and Jalen Hurts has come with small and big games throughout his career, mostly in college, but if you want to throw that Tampa Bay game last year into, you're certainly welcome to, and I think Sunday is when he flips the script. I I think Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock is when Jalen Hurts goes from being considered a guy who's come up small in big stages to a guy who's a winner, to a guy who firmly plants and cements himself as the franchise quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles for years to come. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard. 27-24. The Eagles are going to find a way because of their quarterback, because of the home field, because of this pass rush, because of health. They're going to the Super Bowl. That's my gut feeling tonight. Need to hear yours. 215-592-9494. Let's talk to Sammy, who's in Allentown on WIP. Hey, Sammy. Hey, Joey G, what's happening? What's Talk up, to, Sammy? What's How are we feeling tonight? You ready? Oh, man, dude, I'm so stoked. I'm ready for this game. You know, and it has been the longest week in the world, man, because I just can't I can't wait till Sunday, till 3 o'clock, man. The birds got this. And that's got to be the first time that the Eagles have ever had a full healthy squad going into a game this late in the season. Sammy, it's I was saying I was saying it to Tucker before the show. I, I wonder the last time any team, you know, on conference title weekend, sure. like this late into a season, had every starter. It, it, it's almost impossible. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, like, you, your state, WIP just kills it. Because all week, man, it got me thinking of, like, when I was 12, playing with uh, Pee Wee football. And my coach was like, what are you going to be? Fired up. What are you going to be? Fire up! What are you going to be? You know, and you know, it's just that feeling, man. Just, let's go. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, Sammy, it, it is, it's an entire week of fire. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Sammy, I appreciate the phone call. Like, tomorrow is the only day this week that I won't be doing a show, won't be on the air. I think, I'm, I, think I need to, like, decompress for a day before I rev it back up on Sunday. Sunday, 10 a.m. at the link. I'll be on with Glenn Mack now and you, Douglas, as we uh, have an extended pregame show leading into countdown to kickoff and the actual pregame show from the link. So come on. Uh, whatever you get in, whenever you, you get there, come over and say hi. We, we I, I am, like, 
I can picture it. Like, that's where I'm at right now. I can picture Jalen Hurts holding up the George Hallis Trophy. I can picture Nick Sirianni screaming to the crowd on the podium and the whole Fox crew coming and giving him the trophy. I can, I can picture Jeff Flurry standing up there talking to the crowd and the city of Philadelphia as they go to another Super Bowl. I could picture Howie Roseman probably making some sort of like uncomfortable joke about how everyone wanted him fired. You know he's got that up his sleeve. You know how he's going to say something. Like he, he always tries to be funny and it's kind of uncomfortable, but we, we deal with it because the guy's a Hall of Fame executive. I could hear Howie Roseman saying something about everyone wanting him fired and here we are and they're heading back to the Super Bowl. I can feel it. I'm fired up. My gut feeling, Eagles 27, Niners 24. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard. Ron in Monco is ready to rock. What's up, Ron? Give me a G. G. Give me an I. Hi. Give me a Gigolo. Gigolo. Ron, what are you feeling? What's up, dog? How you doing? Good. Let's take your old business. First of all, you're moving to what slot? Midday. To, Cam- to Cameron Ritchie's old slot. Okay, with who? With Hugh Douglas. Okay, I'm kind of okay. Cool. I'm out of the I'm out of the loop a little bit. Okay, so so let me throw this at you. Guess what? If you weren't such a chiseler, could you imagine the brass when they announced who got the six the golden ring, and they said, and the winner is Ron from Monco and Gi Gigolo. You were imagining that, Ron. That's what I could tell. You were imagining yeah, that. Yeah. Well. Okay. So look, I got, I got this. I got this at we're going to win by ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think Joe, this is going to come down to coaching, and that's all there is to it. And that's the bottom line. They're evenly matched. Uh, you know, and that that's the bottom line. It's going to come down to coaching. It's called it, it's the, that's that's the bottom line, and and the thing of it is is, <clears throat> I want to ask you something. What exactly does Sirianni do on this team? Well, he's the head coach. Except he's a he's a cheerleader. Well, I, I mean, I don't think that's fair, Ron. He's the head coach. He's responsible yeah, for everything. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't call the plays. Right. He doesn't know anything about defense. He he he, you know, got out of that. What a year ago! I don't. That's not what I do. But what are we going to say? Every coach, every coach that doesn't call plays is not doing anything besides cheerleading. Uh, Well, okay, but that's what that's what he does. But 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 here's the thing: this team, I'm going to do a roundabout, and you're going to love this. Is that I am so close to starting a Howie, you know, shrine. Oh, well, just let me know where it's going to be. I'll, I'll, I'll be there when it's unveiled. I'll, I, when you unveil the shrine, I'm there. Okay, but let me, let me, give, you, let me give you a finish on that. Mm-hmm. The thing of it is, whether we win or we lose, okay, and more specifically, if we do win, that Howie doesn't repeat the mistakes from the past. In other words, you know what he did. You know what he did. Everybody's getting a raise. Everybody's getting extended. All this other stuff. I think we're going to, you know, if he is level-headed because he's got a nice draft coming up in front of him, and we could create a dynasty here. So I am so close to being a Howie man. 
Okay? It's about but time, Ron. We're waiting. The how the Howie no, supporters are waiting God, for you. Listen, listen. He did it in seventeen. He did a great job, but then he went out of his mind. He went out of his mind. Yeah, he made, he made mistakes. Bron, Bron, he made mistakes. This, he got okay, set back. What but, did I say? but this is what this is different now. Now we're looking at a run. This is a real you run that starts now. Look, you want to be the 49ers of the eighties? Yes. You want to be that team? Yes. Well, then how he's got to then how he's got to continue what he's doing. In other words, he has to be he he has to finish the deal. He he did a hell of a job this year. He really did. And he's got me leaning his way, but win or lose, he's got to finish the job. He's got to hit that draft, okay? He's got to be smart with his money. He can't put the team in a hole like that again. And then you got the 49ers from the 80s. Oh, now, then- now we're talking, Ron. Now we're talking. I appreciate the phone call, Ron. How about that? The the biggest Howie hater out there, finally. The last horse crossed the finish line. 215-592-9494. Listen, I, I agree. You know, how he's got to make big decisions and, and do it right in the cap and the draft and the 10th pick. Uh, t- tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, the next two weeks, I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not, I'm not worried about what, how he's going to do with Jalen Hurts' contract or who's going to pick at number 10 or trade down or trade up. I'm not worried about it. I'm worried about beating the Niners. And then I'm worried about beating the Bengals or the Chiefs in two weeks and, and having a parade here in a few weeks. That's what I'm talking about. And on Sunday... The Eagles are going to win this football game. My gut is telling me it's going to be close. It's going to be back and forth. I'm not expecting a 10-point win. I'm not expecting a double-digit win. But I'm expecting a victory because the advantage they have at quarterback is significant. This home field is significant. And I believe this pass rush. You know, I know the Niners have Nick Bosa, the defensive player of the year. Their pass rush isn't as good as this pass rush. The Eagles' pass rush is going to affect the game and win the game. Brian's in Abington. What's up, Brian? Hey, so... My one concern is everyone's overlooking Brock Purdy. What he reminds me of was, was it 06 Eagles? McNabb went down. Garcia came in. He went down. Then what? Detmer came in. The 17 Eagles, you know, uh, Wentz went down and Foles came in. All those backups had nothing to lose. They're playing with house money. So he's Brock Purdy getting into this game, and it, it kind of scares me. Yeah, and, well, and Brian, you're not you're not wrong about you know sometimes the backup is nothing to lose. But just the two examples you used, whether it be Garcia six or you know full seventeen, those guys were were starters before, right? They they were experienced players in the NFL. Brock Purdy, he's a kid. This is his eighth start, in the, seventh start in the NFL. So I think like he could just be too naive that like, he doesn't understand the uh, ramifications of this game. He's just like ah, whatever. I'm I'm a young kid. It is what it is. He throws five picks, and the Niners fans are going to go, well, we weren't supposed to be here anyway. Well, for sure. And, and look, I, I think there's some of that anytime a young player, and Brian, I appreciate it, man, anytime a young player's in a game, you, you wonder if like maybe they don't even realize the moment they're in, they won't succumb to it. But I, I can't also ignore the history. There have been four rookie quarterbacks ever to make this stage of the playoffs, the, the title game, AFC or NFC title game. Those guys are 0-4 in those games, and they have nine combined interceptions. They've all played like crap. You go back to Sean King in 1999 against the Rams, Bucks Rams. You go back to Ben Roethlisberger, Steelers against the Patriots in 2004. Flacco 08 against the Steelers for the Ravens. And then Mark Sanchez 09, Jets against the Colts. Go look at their games. They all played like garbage. This is the spot, and this is the moment where I think the clock strikes midnight on Cinderella. 215-592-9494. What's your gut feeling for Sunday? Mine, 27-24 Eagles. 
I think this game is close, but I believe the Eagles' advantage is with the home field advantage. Jalen Hurts, their pass rush, it is too much. They get to Purdy. The Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. 215-592-9494. We get back. Your calls. I think it'll be fun we do this we get back. I'm going to rank the top 10 players in this game on Sunday, and we'll get a sense how many are Eagles, how many are Niners. I'll rank the top 10 players in the game, and then you know what we got to do. It's a Friday night before a playoff game. we got to play explicit history. The history of the Eagles and the Niners rivalry over the years. We'll play a moment. You tell us the name bleeped out. Coming up next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Gillio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. As you hop aboard on this Friday night, a football Friday night in Philadelphia, it, and now it's starting to feel it. Like we're getting close now to Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock, Lincoln Financial Field, the Eagles and the Niners in the NFC Championship game. And my gut feeling is 27-24 Eagles. Jalen Hurts is ready for this moment. Brock Purdy is not. The pass rush can't be stopped. And the home field makes a difference. The home field makes a difference in this game coming up on Sunday. I don't know if it makes as much of a difference as it used to across the league. You know, winning percentages, home road, it's not as you know drastic as it used to be. But when it's a rookie quarterback, make it just a seven start. And only two times on the road have been at least one cushy one. A lot of home games, a lot of soft schedule. This is a whole different world for Brock Purdy. Eagles win 27-24. 215-592-9494. All right, we'll get to explicit history here. If you've never played, well, you got to start playing. What we do is we give you a highlight. Tonight it's Eagles and Niners history. So a moment in Eagles-Niners history, we give you a moment. A name is bleeped out. The person, player in the highlight, you tell us the name. So we'll get to that. All your phone calls coming up here. But I want to throw this out there because I thought it's a fun exercise. We did it last week, kind of on the fly with the Eagles and the Giants. And it kind of painted the case of why the Eagles were so much better than the Giants. You know, I, I made the list off the cuff last week, 10 best players that I thought would be on the field Saturday night Eagles-Giants. I think I had eight of them were Eagles. So let's go through it now. 10 best players in this game, and full disclosure, this was a very difficult list to make because I wrote down about 19 names. Like, I, I think there were nine, about 18 or 19 names that d- deserve to be in consideration to be the th- one of the 10 best on the field on Sunday. I mean, this is a Pro Bowl game. And this is basically an all-star game that's serving as the NFC Championship game. That's how much talent is on both sides. Here's what I came up with. And this is, I guess you could say this in, in some order because this is how they came into my head. But it's not necessarily an order. It's just these, I believe, are the 10 best players that we'll see on the field on Sunday. Jalen Hurts. Nick Bosa. A.J. Brown, James Bradbury, Hassan Reddick, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, Fred Warner. So let's just let's kind of go through that for a second here. That's my list, okay? Those are my 10 best players I think we're going to see on the field on Sunday. Of that list, we have one, two, three, four, five, six Eagles to four Niners. And I could have moved it around a little bit. I probably could have made it 50-50 if I tried to, but I mean, what eagle am I going to take out? I mean, I didn't even have, I didn't have Slay as one of the top 10 players in this game. I think Bradbury had a better year than Slay. So I didn't even have Slay. Slay certainly has a case to be made that he's one of the 10 best players in this game. I didn't have Hargrave, who had a great season. I didn't have Kittle, who's a tremendous player. I didn't have Devontae. I didn't have Sweat. I didn't have Hufanga, Ayuk, Debo. I didn't have any of those guys. They're not even, I don't even consider them the of the 10 best players in this game, that's how many great players there are. But of the list, six Eagles, four Niners, it is close. 
But I believe there's more talent on the Eagles side, top to bottom, specifically at the quarterback position. 215-592-9494 gets your board. Let's go back to the phone lines here. Let's talk to Matthew, who's up on WIP. Hey, Matt. Hey, what's going on, Joe? What's up, Matt? What are you thinking, buddy? Hey, man. You know, I'll tell you, during the week, I go lie to you, I was a little nervous. You know, I'm like, ah, man, you know, I don't know how to feel. But now that I'm starting to get closer to the game, I'm pumped up, brother. Let me tell you, I'm I'm ready to go. My buddy, he's a Niners fan. I'm ready to talk his ear off, you know, talk all this trash. Because I know we're going to win this weekend. I know it. I, I feel it in my gut. I'm excited. I'm pumped up. I'm, I get to watch it with my dad this weekend. You know, I made a whole whole point to go watch it with my pops this weekend. Pumped up about that. Well, that um, makes it even better, Matthew. I mean, look, th- these games, these moments, these don't, you know, we, we can't take them for granted. Like, the Eagles, it's not like they go to the Super Bowl every year. I mean, it's, it's a long history of, of mostly not having these moments. That, that, that's awesome you get to watch with your dad. Absolutely. If my girl got mad at me because I wouldn't watch the game with her, I'm going to watch it with my father. Watch us go to the Super Bowl with my pops. But I got a question for you. Yep. I'm a very superstitious person. Okay. I got a question. All right. So I got three choices. Because I'm very superstitious. I got Bill Bergey, Jason Kelsey, or Jeremiah Trotter. Which jersey am I wearing on Sunday? So, Matthew, my, my thought is this. Th- there's a real chance that this is Jason Kelsey's last game ever playing at the link. You know, we've all thought he might retire. They drafted Cam Jurgens last year. I think you got to wear Kelsey's jersey. I feel like he's the one when they win, he's going to be holding that holding that George Hallis trophy up for the NFC Championship, and it might be the last time we see him at the league. I, I, you got you got to go Kelsey this week. Roger's that, brother. I'm wearing his Kelsey this weekend. You got it. All right, Matthew, before you go, let's play explicit history. We'll give you a highlight. Eagles Niners, you try to tell us the name bleeped out, okay? All right, Roger that. Here we go. The ball just outside the two. Once upon a time, at the dawn of civilization, a quarterback named Roger Worski lined the Eagles up at the one, threw a quick slant to a receiver named Michael Anthony Quick, who then proceeded to go 99 yards for a touchdown. Well, here they are, almost back there. On first down, Hurts in the end zone, steps up, looks. He is lofting it deep, and it is caught along the far sideline. Running with it is... He is across the 20, the 15, the 10, all the way down to the 6. They almost did it. They almost did it. (laughs) Matthew, who made that catch? Oh, man. Week Uh, week two last season. Week two last year. Week two last year. I'm going to go with Devontae Smith. It's a good guess. Matthew, you enjoy the game of your dad on time. It's a good guess, right? I mean, that wasn't like they had a brilliant wide receiving core last year. So if they made a catch in a big one, it was likely Devontae Smith. That was not Devontae, though. I And here's the uh, the rub of that particular drive. They didn't score. I think it was the second or third longest play in NFL history that didn't result in a, a scoring drive. Well, it's almost impossible. I mean, if, if, if you have a 90-plus yard play in a drive, you don't score. Because they didn't even get a field goal, right? They went for it on fourth yeah, down? they didn't score. They didn't, they, I mean, that's, it, it is almost. And they lost that game, I believe, by one score to the Niners here last, um, last September. So it was, a big, it was a big moment in that game. 215-592-9494 is how you hop aboard on this Friday night. Your gut feeling on the game, mine is 27-24. Eagles find a way in the fourth quarter to pull away and win over 
the 49ers, and we'll play explicit history here. We'll give you a moment, Eagles Niners history. And it's been, I was going through some of the highlights today, and some of the, I was watching on YouTube some of the, the games in the past. They, they, you know, there's only been one playoff game between the Eagles and Niners, but there's been a lot of weird moments, just kind of defensive plays in games and kind of interesting characters that, that kind of popped up in the rivalry. I mean, we know there's been a lot of great players on both sides, but some of the players that have made big plays in Eagles Niners, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. Let's talk to Clem, who's over in Jersey. What's up, Clem? Hey, how you doing? Greetings from New Jersey. Greetings, Hi, Clem. Hey, I am so amped up. I'm driving down Broad Street now as we speak on my way to Chickie and Peak. I'll tell you, there's one thing that's been just, you know, with all the hype and all the excitement, one thing has irritated me this week. And it was when you listen to the national media, we get no respect. What expert sat down and thought of the defensive player of the year and didn't add Hassan Reddick? Or comeback player of the year, they didn't include BG. Or coach of the year, Nikki. So I, I'm not understanding why there's such a disrespect for our team. But I'm hoping this, this disrespect is just the fuel that we need to, to get us over the hump. Um, I'm going to guess that it's going to be a score of 27-14 Eagles. That's I like it, Clem. And, and Clem, and, and to go to your point, you know, there, obviously there's a lot of good candidates. So that, that's part of it. But I would, I would have to guess... There's probably never been a 14-win team in the NFL that doesn't have a single player or coach that will win an award. I, I would think it probably has never happened. There, there is something amazing about that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the turnaround it was in a year that Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff have like put together that's nothing short of a miracle. Like, how could you not consider us? I just think that there's just this inherent disrespect for Philly just all the way around. And it frustrates me. I have... I'm home from work, so I have time to watch all the sporting stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and listen, hopefully, maybe, Clem, maybe they'll, they'll kind of channel that a little bit and play with an extra little chip on their shoulder. I hope they do exactly. on Sunday. That's Clem, yes, Clem, let's play a little explicit history. We'll give you a highlight. You, oh. you tell us the name, okay? Oh, my God. Okay, oh, I'm You got try. this. You got it. Here we go, Clem. <laughs> Eagles Niners history. Here we go. Waits for it. That was almost blocked again. As Polk got in there, from inside the 20, a flag as it looked like they had a face mask with Lee to beat for the touchdown. More special teams magic for Philadelphia. A flag is down, but it looks like for a face mask, and it is. It was almost blocked by Polk, and then takes it. 82 yards for the touchdown. Clem, which Eagle returned that punt for a touchdown? 2014 Eagles. I'm going to say Sproles. I know I'm wrong. (laughs) Wow, you hit it, Clem. You got it. Holy smokes. All right, Clem, appreciate it. Everyone's on their best behavior tonight. What? Didn't they say smokes? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Not sure. Sproles. She said Sproles. Right, but then they said, holy smokes. Yeah, I, I thought it might have been holy something else. That's why I just I, I said goodbye Better to Clem. Better be safe than sorry. Yeah, of course. Um, now that was that was exuberance. I, I, I appreciate exuberance when, when you called the show, so I, I like that. Yes, you hit it. It was Darren Sproles 2014. The Eagles had multiple non-offensive touchdowns in that game. And then they lost. Week three or four, if I remember right? It was early in the season. I believe they were up 21 nothing, and they lost 28-21. If you go through it, and I was doing it today, you know, again, there's only been one Eagles Niners playoff game. 
the history of the Eagles Niners has had some wacky games. I mean, games that have changed on turnovers, games that have changed on defensive scores, special team scores, um, you know, comebacks. It's, it's been a very, I, I would say the games when you kind of go back and like, oh yeah, I remember that one. For a non-division rival and for teams that have barely ever played in the playoffs, they have some kind of memorable moments. Yes, that made it 21-10. They lost 26-21. Was it early in the season like I thought? Week three or four? Uh, Week four. The Eagles dropped a three and one at that point. So they were undefeated. Wow, going in. All right, let's talk to David, who's up next on WIP. Hey, David. David. Hey, guys. I'm here. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, I just got down off the slopes in Northern California here. I'm out of Lake Tahoe. How about that? Colin, how is Tahoe these days? Oh, man, there's tons of snow. It's nice. And they're breaking records out here. I'm not quite sure what's going on back east. We don't have any, David. My kids are complaining. We, we haven't had an ounce of snow the entire winter. It's nuts. Oh, man, as a, as a kid that grew up in the Poconos, that brings a tear to my eye. Yeah, I, yeah, hopefully we get some soon. But, David, what are you thinking? What's your gut feeling on Sunday? I'm feeling... 31-17 Eagles. And the point I wanted to bring up, guys, uh, that I don't know if anybody's talking about, especially when you have the San Francisco guys on today, they pointed to the Rams as their greatest victory of the year. Like, the Rams stink. Thing. The Rams stunk this year. It, did you happen to see our division? Three out of the four teams got in the playoffs. Yep. And the fourth one, you know, was, was not bad. They weren't no 2-15 and 15 team. No, I think, the, I think the, what, the Commanders won seven games this year, so they weren't terrible. Yeah, there, there weren't any gimmies. So when they want to talk about schedule, I'll, I'll definitely put our conference up against theirs any day of the week. Oh, uh, there's no question. And, and especially, you know, David, everyone talks about the Niners' defense. They haven't faced any – the last time they faced a really good offense was the Chiefs in the middle of October, yeah. and they gave up 40-something points. Yeah, I said they play the Reinheimer Institute in the blind, and they think they're tough. <laughs> that is right. David, let's play some explicit history here. We'll give you a moment. Eagles Niners history. You try to tell us the name bleeped out, okay? Okay. You got it. Here we go. Two receivers to the left, including Mike Wilson. Just Rathman in the backfield. Safety blitz Montana again. back to throw. He wants it all. He's out there. He's in the 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, 49ers. Oh, that one hurts, David. 1989, Eagles against the Niners. Montana brings the Niners back. Who caught that touchdown? Oh, I, I got to be Jerry Rice. Yeah, I mean, I think you could have guessed by accident got that one. David, we appreciate it. How about that? David on the slopes in Lake Tahoe listening on the Odyssey app. Have you been to Lake Tahoe? I've never you been. You sounded like a regular. No, I mean, I, I'd like to go. I mean, it sounds like a cool place. I've never been to. I've been to California once. I went uh, when I was much younger. I went to... Um, Los Angeles, uh, Santa, one of the Santas, I forget, Santa Monica, Santa Monica. That's where I was. Uh, it, I mean, it was nice. Of course it was. But I know I've never been to Northern California or Lake Tahoe. Have you? I went to San Francisco when I was about five or six. Oh, so you've been to the city that we don't like this week. Correct. I went to, it was Pac Bell Park at the time. I forget what it is now. It's no longer AT&T Park, right? You mean where the ba- where the Giants Where play? the Giants play. Yeah. And and now the the Niners play in Levi Stadium, which is yeah. like not even in San Francisco. It's in Santa- no, it's in Santa Clara. So It'd be like if the Eagles went and built a stadium in Reading. Oh, that's pretty far. It's like thirty miles outside of yeah, the, that's the wow. city. Yeah, that that'd be ridiculous. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Tony is up on WIP. Hey, Tony. Hey, Joe. What's up, bud? What's up, Tony? What are you feeling? So I'm kind of with you. I'm thinking I scores. I think is going to be twenty seven twenty, right? But my, my the reason why I call this goes. I'm thinking I have a, a high level of confidence based upon the line, right? The Vegas line. And, and see if you agree or see if I'm reading too much into this. So the line's two and a half, right? Mm-hmm. 
So Vegas is taking on a ton of liability in teasers with a six-point swing. So that means that San Fran would be getting eight and a half with a teaser, yet that line has not moved to make it more accommodating for Vegas. Why would Vegas be willing to take on that liability unless they thought the Eagles could possibly most likely win this game by double digits? Yeah, I, I, I think Tony, I think you're on to something, uh, and teasers have become very popular. I mean, uh, that's really a, a primary way, and especially uh, on a weekend where there's only two games. I mean, it's just natural betters are going to do a teaser, right? They're going to pick the you know the, both sides, right? They'll pick one of the sides in the other game, likely the Bengals up now because they're the dog. Yeah, I, I, think, I think there is something to that, Tony. And the other part about it is – Last week, when I, we, Tucker and I were looking at kind of the alternate spreads for the Giants and the, and the Eagles, the, there was a lot that, that kind of told you if you dove into it, like the numbers started to be weird like after like the Eagles winning by 14-plus, almost as if they knew that was a real possibility. Yeah, no, you have to look into that because a lot of people just look at the straight line, but also you have to think, obviously, as a better, you know, you're looking at the lines and you're saying if they're willing to take that liability on and haven't moved the line, there's something to that, so – that's why I feel a little bit more confident about it. But I, I'm saying 27-20, honestly, to be conservative. But that's what I think it's going to be. And I think it has been – Dante Maddox back, especially in this game, is, is really gigantic because San Fran loves to throw that quick slant yep. to, De- to Debo and, and, and McCaffrey out in the backfield. And having him back in that slot is going to wind up being gigantic for us. Oh, it's big. And, Tony, um, I think the other part that really – it improves two areas because now they could put Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back at safety. And if Absolutely. you think about it, that's where he got all his interceptions. You know, he's done okay filling informatics at slot corner, but he hasn't yep. picked the ball off. I keep thinking about it, Tony. Purdy overthrows one over the middle. I, I could see Chauncey Gardner-Johnson grabbing one. 100%. Absolutely. Tony, let's play explicit history. We'll give you an Eagles-Diners moment. You tell us the name, all right? Sounds good. Here we go. Tony's up. What in the world was this? Yeah. The middle going nowhere. And this was a microcosm, if you ask me, of of what we saw out of the Eagles today. It was a comedy of absolute error. Was he throwing the ball? Yes, he was throwing the ball. To who? You're not in Miami. What, what are you doing? Well, no, the fullback was actually over there. He was open. Was but, he open? But, but Vic <laughs> is the quarterback. State of fumble, Niners take over. What was he thinking? Tony, who was that they're talking about? 2011, I believe week two. It was one of the most frustrating games I can ever remember. Jeez, I don't know. It's so out of context for me. <laughs> I, uh, I really don't even know, Joe. I don't know. Tony, we appreciate it. Let me, yeah. let, let me dive into it a little bit here. Maybe we can, we can get some people to kind of think of it. I believe it was week two, right? It was home home opener in 2011? Yes, it was early in the season. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember who they played in week one. But I, this was the dream team. This was the dream team. I want to say they played the Browns week one. Or was Don't that the next that. year? 2012 might have been for the, the Browns in week one. Whatever it was. Cause I thought they beat the Browns in week one. They beat tw- the Rams week one. They beat, beat the, them bad. Beat, thir- beat them 31-13. That was, that was like the one-win Rams, right? Like This they were- was week four. Okay, this was week four. Okay, it was a little bit off. Uh, week four, I, I remember it was early season. I, I can almost picture the weather being warm. It was like late September of, of 2011. Eagles-Niners here in Philadelphia. And I remember two things about the game. One, it was extremely a frustrating loss for the Eagles. Two, that was the moment where, you know, early in the season when there's expectations on one team and, or on teams, and like you kind of still believe that, and then you see enough, and you're like, wait a second. If I my, my memory serves, because that Niners team ended up in the NFC Championship game. That was Harbaugh, Alex Smith, but they weren't supposed to be good. People thought they would stink. And yeah, they th- finished thirteen and three. People and thought their win total be- at the beginning of the season was seven and a half. People thought the Eagles would be really good, right? It was the dream team year. I remember watching those two teams the first three weeks of the season and saying, "Why are the Eagles favored by like 
I, I my memory is a seven point number. It was ten. Yeah, they were like, favored by ten. I was like, "There's no way they're ten points better than this team." Like that team's playing well, and then they were they were up, and then they blew it. And that play we played with the former Dolphin running back, and I don't even know what that was. It's hard. I mean, I feel bad because that was the only call I could find. You can't find like an actual play-by-play call of that play anywhere. I think they were all deleted from the internet. It remains maybe the stupidest football play I've ever seen. That might be the best way to describe it, if, as anyone's trying to remember the game with us as we talk about it. Th- that, but that game was – there was also a play late in that game where I believe Jeremy Macklin had the ball. They were down a point, maybe? Yeah, they lost 24-23. Yeah, I believe with a couple minutes to go, they were down a point, And around midfield, Macklin caught a pass and was running maybe 50, 40, 35, and got stripped from behind and lost the ball. They lost that way. Like, it was ridiculous the way they lost that game. And I feel like I've tweeted about this game a lot, or we talked about this game a lot early in the season, because the Eagles blew a 20-point halftime lead. And earlier this season, they built up a lot of 20-point mm. halftime leads, and I think that's the only one they've lost in the last 20 years. Well, it's almost impossible to do it. Colin is in Allentown. What's up, Colin? Hey, 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 man, what's going on, man? What's up, buddy? What are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling good, man. Um, the, the entire week, man watching press conferences, man. It's crazy how Coach Shanahan said, you know, I mean, he got the confidence about coming to this game from a Week 15 Seahawks victory where they only won by eight points. It's like, don't get me wrong. You know, it's the 12th man, you know, the Geno Smith life. But it's like, don't don't compare – in a week 15 game to an NFC championship game at the Lincoln Financial Field. Bro. Not you even don't... close. Colin, it's, it's not even close. And, and by the way, I'm glad you brought Shanahan up because I, I wanted to pass this along for everyone listening out there that's going to be at the Link on Sunday. I think everyone needs to know this. So I'm not sure if you saw this or not, Colin. Uh, Shanahan, apparently this week, he showed his team clips of the Bucks eagles title game. The, the Obviously, the Rondé Barber game, the 0-2, the last game at the Vet. He's showing them videos of that game. I'm not sure why he's doing it, but he's using maybe the worst loss in Eagles history to fire yep. up his team. Oh, that's unbelievable, man. One of my best memories in life, in my life, was in 2018. I got tickets to that Eagles-Vikings championship game, and let me tell you, man, let me tell you, Patrick Peterson's pick six, there was nothing louder in my entire life. I, mean, I think if we just get you know, get to a hot start, get that first touchdown, get that big turn over, man, I think it turns quick. It turns quick, and these guys go home. Well, and it just gets louder and louder, and then if Purdy is down and it's got to play from behind, it, it could get ugly for him. Colin, let's play some explicit history. We'll give you a moment. You tell us the name bleeped out, all right? Let's do it. Let's do it. First and 10, San Francisco at the 25. Back goes Mullen. He pumps. It's intercepted! It's intercepted! Down the far sideline and in for an Eagles touchdown. It is Alex interception and the Eagles break it open. 2020, Colin. Eagles, Niners, Sunday night football. Who had that pick six? 2020? Yep. Hmm, that's a good question. You know, well, I'm um, count it down here. Ten, nine, eight, okay. seven, six, five, I'm four, gonna go three, Maddox. two, good one. guess, Colin. 
But no, I call and appreciate the call and appreciate. Have a great night and a great weekend. So I remember this game. It was a road game, Sunday night football. I believe it was week four because it was the Eagles' first win of that season. They were o two and one heading into the game, which that that one is something we might bring up starting on Monday because that one is the only time the Eagles have faced Joe Burrow in the NFL. They tied Joe Burrow. Do you remember that game? Yeah, Doug. And I remember. And at the end of that game, thinking Joe Burrow's better than Carson Wentz. Absolutely. Already, after five weeks. Well, I remember leading into that week, to Cameron Ritchie did a, had a show one day, whatever day it was that week, who would you rather have moving forward, Burrow or Wentz? And if my memory serves, the camera was on the Burrow side. And I remember the reaction was as if he said something about everyone's family. And look at those two quarterbacks now. One is contending with Patrick Mahomes for the best quarterback in the league, and the other is sitting at home shooting hunting videos. It was two seasons ago. I mean, it feels like it feels like ages ago. Um, but yes, so that play, Sunday night, the one we just played, Sunday night football, Eagles-Niners week four, first win of the season, and they had that pick six at the end by an Eagles linebacker. A guy that I think he's... He's on the Broncos now. And still racking up a lot of tackles. He plays a lot, but he plays for a lot of bad football teams. Yeah, that's kind of his thing. He does play for bad football teams. 215-592-9494. It's how you outboard. We'll come back. We did it last week. X-Factors. I'll give mine. Tucker gives his. You give yours. 215-592-9494. An hour from now, Jason Lockett. Four NFL picks. Guess the takes. Our same game parlay for the NFC title game. All coming up. But on the other side, our X-Factors, your phone calls. What's your gut telling you? Mine, 27-24. Eagles are heading to the Super Bowl, and we'll play Explicit History right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.